There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you need batteries for your truck, batteries for your trail cameras, TV remote controls, flashlights, you name it, Interstate Batteries has what you need. They have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So stop in, talk to a battery specialist, or for more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, Chasing Bear. Boys and girls, spring bear season is upon us. And despite, despite the best efforts of a global pandemic, most places that have bear seasons are still having bear seasons. And it's, it's go time. It's go time. May and June always compare to the months of October and November for whitetails. So May and June are that for bears. And this is when we hunt them in the spring. So what we're doing this week is we're re-releasing an episode called Judging Black Bears for Dummies. And I think this is the most comprehensive conversation for sure that I've ever had where we talk about all different methods of judging bears from sexing bears, aging bears, well, not really aging bears, but trying to determine if they're mature. But uh, I'm joined by Colby Moorhead and Ryan Greb, and we go through the nitty-gritty nerd-out stuff about judging bears, some of the most tough animals of all the big-game animals to judge. So this is a technical 
you learn this stuff in this podcast, you're going you're gonna to learn something. And uh, you may be able to add something to this. But hey, it's also time for those of you guys in states where you can bait bears to start baiting. Check out our buddies at Northwoods Bear Products. Also, DU Hunting Supply. They started a new podcast. They're a hound supply company. But you can search for the WW Podcast. And lastly, Western Bear Foundation. They're putting out some good content these days through social media on judging bears as well. And they're a membership-driven nonprofit hunting conservation organization standing up for bear hunters out west. You're going to enjoy this podcast. And hey, we're bear hunting. I mean, when you're listening to this podcast, I am somewhere in a wild place chasing a bear and you'll hear where that is at some point and uh, but that's part of the reason we're having to re-release some stuff um, just with the timing and the COVID stuff so man I hope that you get into some wild places and find a bear hunt a bear and man yeah be safe be careful and good hunting we are going to have another one of our technical nitty-gritty nerd out bear sessions about judging bears in the field judging bears trying to tell if a bear is a male or female if it's a older mature male or if it's a juvenile male basically judging bears just like we would whitetails judging you judge a whitetail by all these different characteristics we're going to talk about bears. Bears are one of the hardest animals to judge in the field, for sure. I mean, I think you could talk to guys all over the country that have hunted all over, and they would say the hardest animal to judge in North America is a black bear. I have with me again, Ryan Greb, also known as Flint Face Greb. Flint Face. Yep. Ryan is, Colby, you wouldn't know this, Ryan is was notorious for... Uh, taking pictures with animals and just having this like flint face <laughs> just like just flint face so i started calling him flint face clay tag me <laughs> now now he's now he smiles more on these big trophy photos yeah we got ryan greb here with me <laughs> yeah now he grins like a girl scout <laughs> i got so ryan greb is here ryan's been on the last couple of podcasts and and I, i've got to say it just in case you haven't listened to the podcast before but uh ryan is a expert bear hunter traveled with me many places in Canada, but you've, you have done your bear business here in Arkansas. And that's how I know you as being a expert Arkansas bear hunter, been hunting. I mean, you've killed a ton, you've killed a pile of bears here in Arkansas. And as I've said in the last three podcasts, you were killing bears while my mama was still wiping my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Would you agree with this? Uh, If you say so. All right. (laughs) All right, so that's Ryan Greb. I've got Colby Moorhead with me. I've introduced Colby too. Colby works for Bear Honey Magazine, so Colby is a. We you don't really even have a job title, do you? No, it's just like no. Colby Colby does all kind of stuff for me. Bear Tech. Bear Tech. <laughs> Colby is a Bear Honey Magazine Bear Tech. Mister Can Do Attitude. Can do. That's right. Yeah. Colby's doing a ton of stuff for me, including getting Bear Horizon on Amazon. I don't know when this podcast is going to be released, but yeah. you can be looking for it. Yeah. We're going to have our Bear Horizon show on Amazon. That's one thing that he's done for me. But anyway, he does a whole lot of stuff, but that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about judging bears. 
we're going to try to just jump right into this thing. Toughest big game animal in North America to judge by many standards. Um, bears don't have antlers, do they? Have you ever killed a bear with antlers? No, I've only seen a couple on <laughs> trail cam. But <laughs> Bears don't have antlers. And this is just the truth of it. A hundred pound bear has this has a lot of fairly similar characteristics as a 400 pound bear. And that, again, we're going to get into the nuances to disprove that. But I mean, if you were to see a hundred pound bear on a hillside, 500 yards away, you could be deceived into thinking that that was a big one because of what we're going to talk about scale. But what we're looking at is we're fine. We're, we're, we're nitpicking the nuanced features of a bear to try to understand what makes a trophy bear. And we're going to use that term. Let's, 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 let's not use the term trophy. Let's use the term mature. A mature male. That's what we're after. Inside of bear hunting, the target animal in almost any situation is going to be an older class mature male animal. That's what we're after. Okay, traditional methods. What would you say, Ryan, are the traditional statements that people use to describe big males? I'd say the most notorious would be small ears. Yep. Creased head. Yep. Uh, you know, bigger wrist pads. Mm-hmm. But for sure, probably the uh, smaller myth. Yeah, that, that's that's what you hear people say all the time. Like you could Google search "small eared bear" and it'd be there'd be in articles all over the place. But <clears throat> let's go ahead and just jump right into this. Is that I have seen, you have seen times when that didn't characterize the characterize an older mature male at all um definitely the classic big boar is going to look like he has small ears that are on the side of his head you know because his skull's so big his head's so big that it's like those ears as he gets older just kind of like moves down his head but i've also killed some whopper bears that to me had mickey mouse ears for instance, the bear I killed this year in Oklahoma, I called him Batman because of how big his ears were. Mm-hmm. He had these big curled ears. I have also found that bears have different shapes and looks based upon what part of the country they're in. I mean, I've never seen in Arkansas, yeah, correct me if you think I'm wrong, I personally have never hunted a really big giant bear in Arkansas or Oklahoma that I would have categorized as having small ears. Would you have? No. You know, I think there's almost, to me, a difference in the way they look in the Washita's here in yes. you know mid Arkansas compared to the Ozark bears. Really? Yeah. Seem like they've got distinguished facial features. Mm. Maybe even hide is a little different. Wow. Yeah. Well, then they're two separate populations. Right. I mean, they really are. They're, in Arkansas, we've got basically two what they call allopatric populations of bears, which means they're kind of independent of one another based upon some geographic and man-made barriers of the Arkansas River, which is not man-made, Colby, but the Interstate 40, which runs right by the Arkansas River, is man-made. So it separates these two populations, and very few bears are crossing over to breed into these different places. And so there's even slight differences in between 90 miles, Mm -hmm. you know. 
Um, there's some generalizations, like for instance, um, well, these aren't generalizations; these are true. Uh, Newfoundland is known for having big skulled bears. Uh, Prince of Wales Island is known for having large skulled bears. There's other places that are known for not having big skulled bears, but you still might have a big bear that is huge body-wise, but his skull would be smaller. Um, there are definitely different characteristics of bear, just like whitetails. I mean, you have some places where whitetails are going to have express this big, massive, heavy horn deer like Canada, and there are other places where they're not as much. Um, that being said, bears are not affected by the, um, is it Bergman's law that states that the further you get away from the equator, the larger body size mammals are to retain heat. That's why Canadian whitetails are bigger than whitetails in the Florida Keys. Bears are exempt from that law that because they hibernate during the winter, mm-hmm. they technically don't hibernate. They go into a state of torpor, but they, they are exempt from that law because they are not enduring the cold temperatures, just taking it right in the face like all these other animals. So bears in Florida, bears in Arkansas, bears in Oklahoma, bears in North Carolina could be as big or even bigger than Canadian bears. Okay, let's just separate that out. There's just some bear knowledge, bear nerd tech knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I wish we had the body size of the Carolina bears has got. That's yeah. amazing. No doubt. I mean, we've got big bears, but they've got some monsters. Yeah, they do. They do. Some of the biggest bears in the world are on the eastern coast. Some of the biggest skulled bears in the world, though, are also in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Some of the top five bear skulls in the world have come, come out of Pennsylvania. And part of that probably has to do with their age structure because they've got a lot of older bears because they don't hunt over bait or with hounds. They're just spot and stalk or drive hunting these bears. So they're really not taking out a big percentage of their bears every year. But so, okay, we've established that there are bears in different places are going to be different. They're going to look different. Um, we've established that ears and a crease on the head are sometimes that's what somebody might say. Small ears and a crease on the head. That's the only bear you shoot. Well, if that had been the way that I judged bears my whole life, I'd have very few bears. A lot of the big bears that I've killed, as a matter of fact, the only Boone and Crockett bear that I have ever killed, Ryan, I would say didn't have either one of those. Yeah. Didn't have a crease on his head, and I would say he had big ears. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, I don't want to get into body weight yet, but let's just talk about those two things. Um, my, my good buddy Heath Martin, expert bear hunter here in Arkansas, has a story of going to Canada and shooting a color faced bear that had, I mean, just a ripple crease down its forehead. They were hunting a big color phase male. This color phase bear comes in. They think it's the big male, has a big crease. He shoots it, and it's a sow, sow with a crease. And I've been noticing that more and more. The more I see bears, the more I'm like, man, sows will have a crease on their head too. Have you have you seen that before, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Not so much here in Arkansas, probably. No, uh, I've seen some big sales. I think a lot of the d- determining factor on the sales is seems like their muzzle wants to blend in even to where they have the blonde brows. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. And probably the total length of the bear, the boars will always have 
lankier, longer bodies versus a sow. They're more compact. Yes. Yes. I've heard people describe it that a sow is pear-shaped, like Mm -hmm. a narrow front end, big back end. Uh, So let's see. Where do I want to go? There's so many different places we could go here. Let's go. Let's go ahead and just describe the characteristics of an older, mature male as we would say it. Now, we're not saying that ears and crease are not indicators of an older, mature male. For instance, one of the first years I spring bear hunted, we went to Alberta. We killed six Pope and Young bears in five days in our camp. One of those bears I would have considered as a traditional style big older male who's you straight up had small ears, straight up had ears on the side of his head, straight up had a crease. One of of six. Well, I mean, I said we killed six bears in five days. The bears that I, the two bears that I killed, which were nineteen inch, but nineteen inch plus bears, which are that's a big bear, a, well above the Pope and Young minimum, um, probably weighed in the three hundred to three hundred fifty pound range in the spring, which is a big bear. These are big bears. They all had what I would describe as Mickey Mouse ears, and they were tall and looked like racehorses. Okay, um, they but the the defining features of them that made me know that they were older mature males was that they were tall, they were very tall, and that they were long, and that they had their front legs, the front leg of a boar, a big boar, he's going to have like stovepipe legs. Like a bulldog. Like a bulldog, big ankles, and big pads, as in contrast to a sow, which is going to have thinner legs, thinner ankles, smaller pads to me almost every big bear i've ever killed ryan i have noticed his feet i mean like if you were to show it and i'd almost go to that more than the head mm-hmm. like i see some pictures of sows and get trail camera pictures of sows and i was like if you just showed me the head of that bear i couldn't tell you i mean i would assume it would just be a big boar but it'd be a sow i would almost rather look at a bear's feet than anything it seems like the back feet also on a sow is not as long as a boar's. Right. You know, in length, their yeah. pads just don't, a sow's a lot shorter. Yeah. Yeah. So, when I, when I'm looking at a boar, or, or looking to determine if a boar is trophy size, I'm looking at his feet, looking at his front shoulders, <clears throat> looking at his height. That's a, that is a massive factor. And when you're hunting over bait, typically you've got a 55-gallon drum, this this rule could be applied anywhere on the earth where there's black bears, which are only in North America. But a bear that is as tall as a 36-inch tall drum, if his shoulders, not his hairline, but his actual shoulders come up to the top of that barrel, that's a, that's a big bear. Is it not, Ryan? Yeah, usually a shooter. Yeah. I mean, you just don't see an immature bear or even a, a, a sow that's going to be as tall as a barrel. Do you? Every once in a while. Okay. I mean, like the, say the sow I had trouble with in Canada, was it two years ago? Right. You know, my first glance of that, I thought, boy, there's a shooter. Hmm. And she was probably 300, maybe 320 pound bear, but uh, big head, she just short. Yeah. You know, I mean, take that would have been a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. 
She had a cub with her, though. She did. That's probably the only reason you knew it wasn't a boar. Yeah. I mean, you might have figured it out after a while. Yeah. Uh, it it take, you know, if you studied it for a minute or two, you could probably. Do you think she was truly as tall as a barrel? Like her shoulder? I don't know. Barrel. There was a barrel there, but it was laying down. You Mm -hmm. know, it was chained to a tree, but it was a tall bear. Yeah, it was. Yeah. See, and that's a tricky one. Yeah. Uh, because inside the bear world, there's different variants of height and well, there's diff- there's all these different shapes. Like you could here in Arkansas have a sow bear that weighed 185 pounds and she might be 18 years old and be fully mature. Mm-hmm. And maybe she weighs 180 pounds. Heath Martin, four or five years ago, shot a bear here in Arkansas Turned out it was a sow, weighed 340 pounds on a scale. Wow. In the fall. And there's just all this variation, just like in humans. She I mean, probably didn't rear a cub that year a bit. Nope, she didn't. She was a big, dry sow. Yeah. And uh, she didn't have a cub with her. I mean, they've been getting pictures of this bear, and uh, and she was a prime animal to take out, uh, older female, and but it just a big bear. And uh, and he kind of thought maybe it was a sow, but it was just you know he he took her, um, weighed three hundred forty pounds on the scale. That being said, there's all this variation, so you can't just always say that a sow is just going to be a whole lot smaller because you could very well have a older age class male boar that weighed three hundred forty pounds, and I'd take that bear anywhere in the world. I really would. If I went to Canada. I mean, most most of the time, I'm going to shoot that animal. Um, so the boars, but the one place, and, and your deal would be an exception, I would say. I would say the one place that you could almost always tell a boar is his height and length. Yeah. Ryan. Frame. I mean, you're just never going to have a sow bear that is just this freight train, long, tall. Mm-hmm big animal you're just not gonna see it and the first time bear hunter might not distinguish that you know i guess yeah. the more time you've spent bear hunting and get to see tens upon hundreds of bears it'll be easier for a guy yeah and so that goes to the second thing here we want to talk about is determining the sex of a bear when I was in Saskatchewan last year, we watched bears for eight hours a day for five days. We were just watching bears like crazy. And I realized that these older sows were sometimes hard to distinguish from boars. First thing I looked at, though, was ankle size and pad size. Second, it was the first thing. The second thing, once they came in, is some, and the, the reason I'm saying this is these sows were really mature. Like, I mean, you totally would have said that these sows had small ears down the side of their head. I mean, really, they were like, like if you had just taken a picture, I think you could have almost convinced anyone that it was a mature male. So this animal's coming in. There's not really anything to scale the bear by trying to determine, is this a, is this a nice male? Because in the spring, the males are smaller. I mean, not physical, not the bone structure, obviously, but I mean, they're, they're less weight. They've been in the den for six months. They're thinner. So in the spring, a male and a, and, a, and a female might be harder to distinguish. And second thing I looked for was a penal sheath. Yeah. Like, I mean, a boar is going to have these, these sheath hairs 
that hang down and they're four or five inches long mm-hmm. sometimes, yep. hanging down right in the middle of the belly. You can't see their, you can't see the sheath really. It's not like something big hanging down, you know, but you can see those sheath hairs mm-hmm. hanging down. And when you see that, all of a sudden part of your equation is solved. This is a male. I mean, that's the first thing that I do anytime I'm bear hunting anywhere is that a boar or sow. And that, that sow's going to be pear shaped. She's going to be smaller. She's going to be shorter. She's going to have thinner ankles. She's going to have smaller pads. She's going to have a more feminine face. And that's kind of a hard thing to describe. But just like in a dog, like a big old male Rottweiler is going to have this boxy, beefy nose and head. And a female, a, a sow bear kind of has a more feminine feel to the face and head most of the time. You agree with that, Ryan? I agree. You agree with that, Colby? From what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I think your older bears too, and you know this works with sows also. Is the scruff, the beard under yeah. the chin? Mm-hmm. You know, as a bear gets older, it seems to have that little goatee. Yeah, down there. You see that with the Arkansas bears sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of that dewlap like kind of. Yeah, like you got going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like me. Now, does does their behavior change? Like the way they come in on a bait, the sow versus the the boar. That's a that's a good one. Yes, I mean, I have seen. I wrote an article in this last issue of Barony Magazine that was called Five Thoughts on Judging Black Bear." One thing that I have noticed is that the mature boar that's coming into a bait site, and we're talking about a bait site here. You can't always predict what he's going to do. You can't just say, well, the mature boar is going to just barrel in and run everything off the barrel. Or you can't say the mature boar is going to be the one that's hanging back and is really cautious. You don't know what they're going to do. But one thing I have noticed is that they almost always act different than every animal at the bait site. And that's not going to play true in every situation. But... Either he's going to be like the bull of the woods and is just going to roll in there and you're just going to be like, that animal is the king. I would use my example of when I shot that color face bear in Canada that came in and touched the end of my arrow. Mm-hmm. He was the boss of those woods and he just barreled in there and was the king. The next, well, in the same, in the same hunt, a bear that was actually bigger than him was the most timid bear. You remember the one I missed, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, he just tiptoed around, and he was a monster bear. So those two mature animals, they acted different than every other animal. All the other ones just kind of came in. I mean, like a sow, and this is what I don't understand. Even a mature sow that's been around the planet and knows the system, she might just walk in and just go right over to the bait and just start eating. You know, she's, so they're just going to act different. So you can't say that they're always going to be dominant. Mm-hmm. You can't say that they're always going to be super skittish. It could be either one. But when I see a bear that is acting different than all the other bears that I'm seeing, that's when I'm like, he's special. I mean, like, he's he's probably a target animal. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It seems like, you know, they're the ones that's going to sit out there on their butt and 60 yards from the bait and check the wind. Or well, That's he, these Arkansas bears for yeah, sure. Yeah. Or he could be the one that. You know, you could have other bears on the bait, and all of a sudden they woof and take off running, 
and you see one coming, you know that's going to be more mature bear. Right. I mean, there's no way that that bear I got last year in Manitoba didn't smell us. He just didn't care. Yeah, that's right. He and, came right under our stand and just ran everything off. And yeah. Yep. I he he didn't care. It's a different ball game, I think, in Canadian provinces where they don't get pressured as like we do. Oh. You know, down here, I think Saskatchewan, like when we're at Saskatchewan, I mean, them bears don't know you from any other animal. They don't have any fear. They're not trying to be yeah. dangerous. They're curious, but uh, yeah. down here, a bear usually don't do that unless it's You've almost got to hunt them like whitetails down here. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're spooky. They're skittish. Up in Canada, they're typically less skittish. There's an inverse relationship between the amount of exposure to humans and their fear of humans. So in places where they never encounter humans, there's less fear. Mm-hmm. In places where they encounter humans all the time, there's more fear. It seems like it'd be the opposite. You'd think they just get used to you down here, and so they it would be different. But it's it's inverse. Not the case. Yeah, it's a, th- that's something that's confusing to people because most people don't have the view of bears like somebody would have that has hunted down here, but has also hunted a lot up there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys, you know, you write an article about using scent control for bears and the guys in Canada are like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Scent control doesn't mean a thing. And I'm, I'll be honest with you in Canada. I believe scent control basically means nothing. Yeah. Now, if I had the choice of being clean and having the wind in my favor, for sure, you're better off if they don't know you're there. Yeah. But every big bear I've ever killed in Canada knew I was there and didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But in Arkansas, and Ryan, you're an expert here in Arkansas at pulling these big bears out of the out of the haystack. You got to do a lot of things right down here to kill a big bear. I think I've been fortunate though with locations. Being, yeah. you know, I've been lucky to have places where bears are already living. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they don't have to travel far to get to me i'm actually in places that have water have shade they're thick and don't have any human disturbance so uh, that's probably been my key you know to harvesting being picky on bigger bears but you're also you're i mean most of these big bears that you've killed if they would have straight up smelled you they wouldn't have come in during daylight i wouldn't think so very few yeah that's been what I've seen here in Arkansas is that if you were hunting, let's say eight years hunting big bears, maybe one, maybe two of those eight years, you would get lucky. And if a bear knew you were there, he would come in anyway. I keep going back to my friend, Heath Martin, who's a great bear hunter in Arkansas. He killed a big bear, one of his biggest bears ever, Boone and Crockett bear. Uh, several years ago, and that bear knew they were there. Really, it, it had just sat out there for a long time, winding them, and it just kind of about dark. It just was like, well, I'm just going to ease in there, and that bear just eased in. I would look up at him, and he kills the bear. That is an exception. Most of the time, you're not going to kill that animal. Mm-hmm. But again, two and eight or two and ten, you're going to if a bear knows you're there. Now, what you've been able to do is you know these locations well. You're hunting these stands. You're getting up. And so these bears you're killing just don't know you're there. Yeah. You got good setups. Mm-hmm. You're in places where the bears want to be. I don't mess around in them woods 
either. You know, when I go in and bait, I'm not walking across the fence. I'm not walking out bear trails. You know, I'll go in, bait quick, get out. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people, too, are hanging their stands or two days before season. I do that in the summer. You know, some of these older bears will come in, and before they get to the bait, they want to scent check that tree that has a stand in it to see if you've climbed it. Yeah. So, and over the years, <laughs> this is kind of crazy, I've piled dead brush around the actual tree I have a stand in, kind of as, as a barrier. I mean, a bear could go through it, and but it looks like a rat's nest around the base of this tree. They can't get to that tree and really scent check whether mm. I've climbed up it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a little crazy, but just... Uh, Man, you've got every right to be crazy because like I said in a couple other podcasts, I think you've killed you've killed a ton of big bears in Arkansas and seem to keep pulling them out. What would you say if you were judging bears in Arkansas, what are you looking for? We're hunting our bears in the fall. Which we've we've also said there's a difference between judging spring bears up north or in Montana versus hunting a fall bear here in Arkansas. And I mean, and we're when we're hunting around here, we're really after an older age class male. Mm-hmm. What would what are the defining characteristics? You know, they don't have thick fur up in that time of the year. You know, late summer, but you know, frame length. Uh, you know, like I say, you want to look at their pads, their wrists. Um, characteristics is how they respond a lot of times to the bait, but uh, I think you'll you'll know. I mean, yeah, especially if uh, if a person's running trail cams, which you know I guess everybody does, uh, it'll give you a general idea on, on what to look for. Distinct markings, maybe a crest on yeah. the chest or a notched ear, or you know something. So like you'll that. have a target bear that you've evaluated on trail camera right and then you just got to make sure that's the bear you're shooting mm-hmm. when he's coming in yeah 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 well uh, for these big big fall bears that we're hunting here in arkansas a lot of times what we're looking for is weight you know i mean that's what you're looking for yeah and uh, these big bears here are gonna have so, not always but sometimes sagging bellies sometimes flat bellies but they're going to not have a lot of air in between the ground and their belly Mm -hmm. they're going to be tall they're going to look like a angus bull i mean but even even in big bears right if you had two 500 pound bears they could look different like you could have a short fat bear that was a little bit shorter squattier fatter or you could have a huge frame bear like batman who squared eight foot and was seven foot something from nose to tail I mean, he was a he had a frame, man. Yeah. Um, but uh, you could also have a 500 pound bear like Rock Slide, this bear that I've got mounted in the office. Mm-hmm. He was only six foot six from nose to tail. Really? So I mean, he was six inches shorter from nose to tail. But I believe that he would have weighed in the same class as that other you bear. You killed him late in the year too, probably when he'd been feeding on mast. So he was blown up from yeah. weight. I think. On a baited hunt also, you could say if you've been baiting for a month and you've got a mature bear that's been eating donuts, taking in thousands and thousands of calories for a month versus a bear that just showed up four days before season, which is going to be lankier, may have a big head. Maybe a Boone and Crocodile. Yeah, but he won't have the belly sag. 
yeah. you know, as the one that's been camped out there for a month. Well, the largest skulled bear that I've ever taken was a boar bear that only weighed 360 pounds. Yeah. Uh, the bear that I killed this year weighed 550 pounds and had a smaller skull than a 360-pound bear. That's a good segue into the the different ways different people in the country gauge the size of a bear. There's three ways pretty much that people gauge bear. Skull size, weight, and square. All very, very different. You, It's hard to determine skull size by any characteristic. I mean, like, I, I keep going back to this bear. 550-pound bear that I killed this year in Oklahoma is going to score on the high 19s. Is that right? Yeah, he's not going to make 20. I, the biggest bear I've killed was over 500, and it was only 19. The biggest yeah. weight bear. Yeah, biggest weight bear. Weighed over 500 pounds and had under a 20-inch skull. Yep, then I killed a four, 440 bear that actually made Booner, you know. Uh, 20 and 5 eighths. Five-sixteenths. Excuse me, five-sixteenths. Yes. Yeah, 20. Yeah. So that's a great example. I want people to hear that is that body weight has very little to do with skull size. The biggest skull bear that I've ever taken was a six-year-old bear. My big bear was six years old. Is that the no-name Oklahoma yep. bear? Yep, six years old. Um, the This bear right here, this rock slide bear that I believe weighed 500 pounds, mm-hmm. um, he was nine years old. Is that right? Now, in, in Batman, the 550-pound bear this year that's not going to score 20 inches, that's right there, Ryan. We hadn't tooth-aged him, but I would be shocked if that bear wasn't over 10 years old. What did he score? Well... I've green scored him under 20. I mean, like 19 and 14, 16. I mean, just right there, you know. He green scored right at 20. I mean, 20 and zero 16s. Well, he had the body to make up for it. Yeah, and and see, that's the thing. As we're talking about trophy size or, you know, judging these bears, I could care less whether that bear scored 20. It would have been cool if he'd scored 21 inches. I mean, I would have been thrilled. But – in my mind, and for the way we're hunting down here, Ryan, we're just after we're after a big, older, heavy bear. On top of that, you had history with him for what three, four years? Yeah, well, five years. We'd hunted the property for five years, and he was one of the first bears that was over there. You know, he had been tagged at some time in his life, but was missing the tags. You know, mm-hmm. he had holes in his ears, and that'd been you really found that, didn't you? Yeah, that'd been interesting to little no know more about his story yeah he had a hole in his ear colby i wouldn't have never known it ryan was just looking at the bear and he's huh. like hey this thing has been tagged there was just a perfect hole right in his ear mm-hmm. the tag had pulled out the game of fish asked me if he had a lip tattoo and, and i could not discern a lip tattoo no nah, i looked myself i didn't didn't see anything yeah but there's another another bear that's out there that colby tagged, no right? shh shh <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's in the video. Oh, man. I'm busted. No, go ahead. I'm yeah, just yeah. You, man. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the other bear has two tags. That's right. right. Yep. Yellow, yellow tag. tag. Yeah. And we got the same history with yellow tag. Yeah. And Brian, without my influence, was yellow tag bigger than Batman? I think so. I'd say at least. 20 to 40 pounds probably yeah at, at least 40 pounds yeah probably 600 pound bear for real mm-hmm. i mean when i saw batman coming in i recognized that it was batman my heart kind of went oh man 
It's not mm-hmm. yellow tag, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is a, but that just shows you how big the other bear was. Yeah. He he was visibly fatter and heavier. Well, how much? One. How much? He may. You think he was a hundred pounds more? Man, th- that's the thing that really we're not. I don't think we're even qualified to guess because if you just looked at like body volume and mass. Me and Dad believed that he weighed a hundred more pounds oh, than wow. this bear, but it could be scale though, right? Yeah. Because maybe Batman had a frame like a bull elk, and maybe Yellowtag was just a little bit more compact, mm-hmm. so he just looked fatter. So maybe he was the same weight, mm-hmm. but just kind of like a heavy guy, that a short fat guy that weighs one hundred ninety pounds versus a tall skinny guy that weighs one hundred ninety pounds. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. But what we're looking for in Arkansas is these big, heavy bears. That's what we're after. Um, but let's let's go to a spot and stalk hunt out west. Man, you're not going to kill a 500-pound spring black bear in Montana. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to kill a 500-pound bear in Montana ever. Uh, those bears out west are in arid regions with less nutrients they're just not as big. That being said, you could still kill a Boone and Crockett bear. You could still kill a bear with a great big frame. But what I have, this goes back to on a spot stock hunt, when you're judging a bear from a long distance, you're not getting to watch this bear from a trail camera. You have no experience with this bear. You're looking for, you're looking for all these characteristics, uh, you know, big front shoulders, stovepipe legs, big pads, um, flat belly. Typically, a big spring bear is going to have a flat bear belly, where a sow is going to have more of a pear-shaped, like an angled belly that drops down from a smaller chest down into a bigger butt. Okay, a boar is often going to look like a big bull. You know, a good way, a good practice test for somebody that's trying to understand how to judge bears. I would say, when you're driving past cattle fields, now we're in a part of the world where we have a lot of cattle. Your eyes scan a whole pasture of cattle, and you can immediately pick out the bull based upon his length and just his square, boxy shape. It's almost like that with bears. Would you agree? Is that yeah. a good analogy? Yeah. But you could tell. I mean, like you could teach your five-year-old son what the bull is, not just by looking at his gear, his rigging, as James Lawrence says, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but your just his body shape. You know, I mean, you teach a kid to do that. It's almost like the same thing. And it's much easier to determine the the trophy class of a bear if it's older. Like when you get a juvenile male and a juvenile female, that's a hard one to determine. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's like splitting hairs sometimes. Like if you got a 180-pound bear out there on the side of the mountain, you're like, is that a male or a female? Ooh, boy, it'd be hard to tell. When you really can tell the difference is – is just when you get a big gorilla-like black bear. Like when we were in Montana two years ago, we did see two big boars at like a thousand yards, and they were trailing a sow. And I mean, almost with your naked eye, you could tell that the animal behind that was trailing this animal, it was either a cub that was leading in a big fat sow following a cub, or it was a sow with a big heavy boar following. And so it's like. When you put the scope up and you're like, that's not a cub, 
that's a boar. Like it was easy to tell that boar kind of had a sway walk. I hear a lot of people talk about the way they walk, which that's a that is one of the factors. Before I forget it, though, let me say this, which is probably the most important factor in uh, judging bears, is that you've got to use multiple factors to determine this bear. You, if you use one thing, you'll mess up. And that was the whole point of this article that I wrote in the March-April issue of Bear Any Magazine, is that if you just use ear size, you're going to let a whole lot of big bears walk off that were probably shooter bears. If you just use... Um, sagging belly like if you just say i'm not shooting a bear unless there's only eight inches of daylight between the ground and the bottom of his belly you might end up shooting a sow because you know some of these sows have pot bellies and are short yeah and if you don't understand scale you might shoot her so you got to do multiple things look at his pads look at his boxy head Look at his length. Look at his height. And when you get three, two to three things that are pointing your two towards older mature male, that's when I can say, yep, that's an animal that I want to take. I think that's the best piece of advice that's ever been said about black bears. You Is that the, fair? The pads on that bear you killed in Ontario. You remember them front pads? Was that? That's it was, the biggest I've ever seen. Yep. It was like, he, it was like he was made to like swim. Yeah. It was like, Huge pads and like some polar bear would have or something. Yeah, yeah, I do. I don't think I've killed a bear with pads that big since. Is that right? I don't think so. I think yellow tag has probably got set that big. You know what? The these these bears around here, I just don't see them. Even the big ones have feet like that, though. Mm-hmm. It was like it was just. Yeah, it really was. It's almost like a grizzly bear. Yeah, uh, and that would be just like in humans. Somebody might have big hands. Somebody might have average size hands. Okay, so we've talked about uh, weight square. Let's talk about square real quick. Square is the most, to me, like inaccurate way to judge bears between people because everybody kind of does it different. You hear outfitters all the time talking about seven-foot bears. And in my Canadian hunting career, which is not – I've not been doing this for 20 years, don't get me wrong, but I've been in quite a few bear camps the last six years. I have yet to see a seven-foot square bear come out of Canada in a camp that I have been in. And I have been in some camps with some fantastic bears that were killed. Um, doggone it. I'm going to have to recant what I just said. No, 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 no. My big bear that weighed 435 pounds from Ontario, uh, I squared him after he was skinned, though, and tanned. Mm-hmm. And he only squared six foot eight. But green, I have a feeling he would have been pushing seven. Yeah, he would have had another four inches. I think he would. Yeah. I think he would. That's my point is, is that everybody always says that. I mean, you'll hear outfitters, and and not to knock my my good outfitters, and I'm not knocking my good ones because the good ones are doing it right. But like everybody's like seven foot bear, seven foot bear, man, seven foot bears are hard to come by, and that's not the standard of what is in my book a trophy quality animal. I mean, in my book, if I if I've learned this, if I see a bear that is six and a half foot square, and I'm not determining this in my mind before I shoot it, I've just learned when Clay Newcomb sees a bear and shoots it, a lot of times it's about six foot six. You know, I mean that's a big bear. Uh, and a six foot six bear might have a ton of weight on him. He might be Boone and Crockett animal. Um, 
But uh, anyway, square size is the distance between the base of the tail to the tip of the nose on a green hide combined with uh, the distance between claw to claw measurement. Then the average of those two numbers. Okay. Um, lots of the Canadian bears I've killed have been in that six and a half to six foot eight range. And that's a monster bear. Monster bear. Yeah. A lot of guys say a six foot bear is a shooter bear. I mean, that's kind of a, a number that's thrown around. It has a nice six foot bear, you know. Um, you get into the five foot bears and you're, 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 you're looking at a smaller animal. Um, but so square weight skull size. Spring bears are typically going to be lean. Lean. I mean, you might kill a whopper spring <clears throat> bear that weighs 300 pounds. Man, I hear it all the time on the phone, Ryan. Guys call. And they're asking me about spring bear hunting. And they're like, you know what? I mean, like they kind of build up like they're they're willing to take any, you know, it's like, I'd just like to kill a decent bear. You know, I'd probably even shoot a 300-pound bear if I went up there. And when they say that, I realize they don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. Because, like, they're like, the minimum I would shoot would be about a 300-pound bear. As if that were... A small bear, but what I want to say to him is, man, a three hundred pound spring bear is a pretty big bear. He may look three hundred pounds when he's got four or five inches of hair, you know, winter coat on him. But uh, once you get that hide off of him, there's not going to be much fat. Yeah, not in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Well, and all these things do that. Is it relevant to the region you're hunting? For sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but. Spring bears all, let's just say all over Canada. I mean, no doubt every year there are outliers. There's always outliers in anything. So you could kill a spring bear that's 500 pounds. I never have done it. I've never seen it done in a camp that I've been in. Biggest spring bears I've ever seen killed were probably some that you've killed, Ryan, that weighed in the 325 to 350 range. Biggest spring bears I've ever seen. Hmm. I mean, I've never seen one any bigger than... Probably, uh, well, I'm I'm thinking of that bear you killed in Saskatchewan two years ago. Really? I mean, they just don't get that much bigger. Well, that uh, one that Jared Summers killed was okay. That was a big one. That was yeah, that was a nice bear, very nice bear. What would you say that one weighed? Man, I don't know. Probably in the threes, three fifty ish or so. I rem- you know, I think I remember you saying. Between 350 and 375 or yeah. something. Yeah. And I mean, that's a whopper spring bear. Yeah. So point being, don't go to, don't go into the spring really with weight as your way to qualify whether bears a shooter. You'll be disappointed. Right. Um, I would go into a spring hunt just looking for an older, mature male, you know. And so three things, skull size, weight square. Skull, let's talk about skull size just a minute. We, we've already touched on it. You can't determine skull size by Almost anything, 550-pound bear that doesn't make Boone and Crockett and a 360-pound bear that does. Um, 18 inches is the minimum for Pope and Young. So once I made a graph and put it in Bear Hunting Magazine that did like a comparative scale between using Pope and Young minimums for whitetail, which people are real familiar with. Like if you say 125-inch whitetail, people are like, oh, okay. I know what kind of deer that is. And then when you say 170-inch whitetail, they go, oh, that's a big one. Um, so if 18 inches was equivalent to 125-inch whitetail, 
and 21 inches was equivalent to a 170-inch whitetail. A 19-inch bear would be equivalent to a 140 to 150-inch whitetail. So if you think of it like that, I mean, 100, not many people are going to be passing 140 and 150-inch whitetails. Mm-hmm. Drop that down into bears, and you see that a 19-inch bear is a nice animal. Very nice. Um, I mean, like you said, you've killed 500-pound bears that scored in the 19s, mm-hmm. as have I. Uh, Colby, what did your bear score in the fall in Manitoba? We roughed it at 18 it and was, something. It was low 18s, I think. Okay, so Colby killed a bear that was in the 350-pound range in the fall. Mm-hmm. In the spring, that bear would have weighed under 300 pounds, Yeah, most likely. So, I mean, in the, but by August, it put on some weight. Was in the, mm-hmm. probably the three fifty pound three hundred fifty pound range. Um, I actually thought the bear would probably have scored more. To me, yeah. it looked like it had a big. I I've, I probably would have said, man, that's got to be a nineteen inch plus mm-hmm. bear, but it scored just over the Pope and Young minimum. Yeah, I, I think Corey said that his bears don't typically have a larger skull in that in that area. I mean, like they have good skulls, but compared to their body weight, like that ratio is right. They have the some big, they do, and they do have some big bodied bears up there in yeah. the fall. I mean, they're killing some 400, 500 pound bears. You know, the bear times. I killed in Saskatchewan with it two years ago, head looked big, but once we got the hide off of it, he didn't have a occipital bone right. that protruded back. Yep. It's like it was just gone. Man, I'll never forget that one because that taught me a lot, Ryan. When I recovered that bear, I was with you when you we recovered the bear. The bear had canines that were war i mean it had every indication of it being an older male i mean an old warrior big head big feet big bodied i mean square head and i told ryan i said i'll bet you my truck that that bear scores over 20 inches do you remember me saying that yeah yeah i mean it was like that bear is going to score over 20 inches and when we got back and i brought my calipers and we scored your bear and my bear, Ryan. My color bear was a much was a lesser bear. I mean, big time. It's body size, length, everything. But that color bear had a bigger skull than yours. Yep. And it, and it was because you know you measure a bear skull based upon the the length and the width of the dried skull, and uh, the occipital bone is this wing bone that sticks off the back of the skull. And Ryan's bear, it was just like flat back there. Mm-hmm. And most of these bears that score good have this big wing that flows off the back. Like a pterodactyl head or something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> How many pterodactyls yeah. have you killed? Yeah, not many. Have you ever score those? No. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way. To describe. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's just, just like point off the back of the head. Mm-hmm. So that's a good example. So bear skulls are all over the place. A lot of it, it all has to do with genetics. I've asked some of the best bear biologists in the country their thoughts on whether a bear skull actually grows over time. Uh, and the best answer, I, there, to my knowledge, there's been no real scientific studies because does a 10-year-old bear, like Batman, would he have kept growing? Let's just say he's 10 years old. If I had killed him when he was 20 years old, would he have scored more? Here's my philosophy. Maybe a little bit. I think these older bears add some bone mass they, to 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 the skull, but I do not believe that he would have ever been a twenty-one inch bear. Yeah, I just don't think he was going to add an inch. It seems like they get them little calcified 
growths, you know, along yeah. these little ridges and, uh, have you noticed that on some? Oh older yeah, bear? an older bear is going to have a lot of calcification on the skull. Yeah. Where a, where a young bear is just smooth like butter, mm-hmm. just smooth all over the skull. Old bear is going to have ridges and fissures yeah. and little bumps, and that's where I think that they might add some bone mass that may account for some growth. Right. But I keep going back to my the one Boone and Crockett bear I've ever killed that had a he was six years old. And had a twenty and eight sixteenths inch skull, like he 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 may have been Boone and Crockett when he was four years old, mm-hmm. but he had a smooth skull. I mean, maybe he would have grown a little bit over time, but it's genetic. Just like is a seventeen year old boy, or let's say eighteen nineteen year old boy, he's got the frame that he's going to carry his whole life. Mm-hmm. He, he's not growing still. You know, so I've never really been able to find a real concrete scientific answer about that because they've just never it's just not something that they're studying uh, that I found yet. Maybe somebody's got a better answer, but I'd like to find a bear that had a a skull like Brent Reeves has got. Yeah. That's trophy <laughs> class, man. <laughs> Brent Reeves. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Brent. Brent would be like a. He would be like one of those like big wristed, big hand, meaty, kind of squatty bears. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> even got the small ears too. Yeah. <laughs> he's got small ears. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Brent Reeves. I'm glad he's not here right now. Me too. <laughs> Brent Brent Reeves never listens to the Bear Honey Magazine podcast. That Joker. <laughs> Brent, when you hear this, text me. oh okay guys difference between spring and spring and fall scale let's hit one more thing scale is everything guys make this mistake all the time is that they see a bear they shoot it they go up to it they think it's a big bear but it's a small bear scale so if you're spot and stalk hunting out out in montana you need to have a general understanding of the plants around that animal i mean like when i was in montana I knew that there were these certain bushes that were about 30 inches tall. And if I was looking at a bear a thousand yards away, and those bushes were everywhere, you know, and he was walking through that, I was like, dang, his shoulders are way up above those bushes. Or if they were below it. And man, if that bear was just out on a barren hillside, it would have been almost impossible quickly to determine but so you got to have scale. So if you're hunting over a bait site, you've got to understand what size barrels there are. I've got a story when I was in Saskatchewan the first year. I had in my mind that you could you would shoot a bear if his if he was as tall as the barrel. That was the one factor that I was looking for. Well, a bear came in the first day that was as tall as the barrel. I shot him, and it was a lesser bear, and it was because the barrel had been dug into the ground Mm. by the bears digging grease out from underneath it. So the barrel was sitting in a six-inch hole. And so Mm -hmm. this average bear looked like a bear that was big. And that goes back to you got to have more than one factor, but you got to understand scale. So whether it's trees, whether it's bushes, whether it's a bait barrel, whether it's a mark on a tree that indicates, you know, a 36-inch tall bear, you got to have scale because a 100-pound bear walking through the woods can look real similar to a 250 pound bear it's all about scale we talked about uh paws to me the biggest thing of a of a big boar is height i can't get away from that height and paw shape 
That's the way I personally determine. There's going to be things that different people probably pick up on. Uh, we talked about determining the sex of bears, which is an important part. And we talked about the, they're not necessarily myths, but they're not the whole truth. So small ears is not a myth. A crease on a head is not a myth when you're determining a big bear, but it's not the whole story. If that's all you know, you're going to make a mistake a few times out of 10, you know. And uh, again, as we close down the podcast, I go back to this thing about we're not just talking about trophy hunting from an aspect of we just want to bring home the biggest animal possible. Trophy hunting is pretty cool because we're after older, mature males. That's the best thing to take out of the population. It's the best thing for the population to extract older, mature males that have already contributed to the gene pool. And trophy hunting, my friends, is actually what saved North American big game by taking the emphasis off the young and the females and putting it on the older, mature males. So, man, I will take zero flack from anyone on the planet saying that we're trophy hunters because we want to kill big bears and not little ones. Who is the conservation hero, my brothers? The guy that shoots the first juvenile bear to the barrel and posts a picture on Facebook and brags about how he's not a trophy hunter and he's extracted this animal out of the population before it can contribute to the gene pool? Or the brethren, like in this room, (laughs) who wait for the big ones. Take out the big, older, mature male that's already contributed to the gene pool. And we hang his hide on our walls. We eat his flesh. And we revel in the glory that he had while he was on the earth for such a long time because he was an older, mature male. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, am, is it not true, though? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys that, like, sometimes people feel like they, they there's some honor in shooting smaller animals and claiming not to be a trophy hunter. Yeah. And, and, and get it, I, like like trophy hunting as it's understood in the general hunting populace is bad. I mean, like somebody that would, for just ego purposes, want to shoot a big bear. Yeah. I mean, do I want to shoot a big bear? Yes, sir, I do. Why? Because I like big bear, sc- bear hides on my wall. Yeah. I like more bear meat rather than less bear meat. But I also understand the macro goals of bear hunting. And it is better to take out an older mature male than it is to take out a juvenile female. You've got your weekend warriors, though, that, you know, don't bear hunt much, and they're happy just to to kill a bear. And And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. And I I don't want to – I appreciate you saying that because I I don't want to trash that guy, which I'm not. But where are we going with that? I'm going to kill the next 100-pound bear, I see. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's a fine line. I mean, like with youth hunters or everybody does have to evaluate their opportunity. And I'll be the first to say that for the, I mean, I have opportunity to hunt bears. And so I, I would hope that I'm selective. Yeah. Yeah. But you may go on one bear hunt in your life. And on the final day of the hunt, a juvenile bear comes in, shoot it. Yes. So I I appreciate you saying that, Ryan, because I don't want to have an elitist mentality, but I also don't want to give somebody too much credit who is is dogging somebody that kills a bunch of big bears because they don't have that opportunity. Is that is that fair? Yeah. 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 But well, I mean, starting out we killed smaller bears and Yeah. After so many years, you don't want to kill you know, a smaller bear. You just just like deer hunting, I guess. Every guy's looking for that next big yeah. deer. Yeah. So and and you bears. don't you don't want to make the standards so high that you take the joy and fun out of hunting. 
I mean, like if you don't have big bears, then there's no sense in setting your goals that high. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, here in Arkansas, I mean, there are places where you're just not going to kill a big bear. So if you're trying to kill a 500-pound bear, you're just not ever going to kill one. So, I mean, you know, put that standard down lower. Man, that's cool. You go to Canada on a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Uh, you you just want to evaluate the situation and not kill a 100-pound bear on the first day when if you'd waited till day three, you could have taken a a nicer, older, mature male. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where I mm. fit inside of it. Yeah. When I take my kids hunting, it's different. When I take – I mean, everything everything's different, but I, I feel like bear hunters need to have – the knowledge and the ability to articulate even what I just said about older mature males and not being picked on by people who say you're a trophy hunter because you kill big animals. I mean, I won't take it for a second. Um, so there's this, but at the same time, hunting is about enjoyment. It is about, I mean, a young bear, it's arguable. Batman his meat tastes incredible, but it's arguable that a young bear might taste better than an old bear. Not always the case, but could be. So, I mean, maybe you, your goals are different. The main thing is whatever your goal is, just stick to it. The yeah. guy that I kind of, you know, that I feel the liberty to rib would be the guy that claims to be wanting to wait for an older bear, but then just shoots one the first day just because he's impatient. Yeah. When he had all this opportunity for another one, you know. But anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to hit on anybody. But these things are true that we say. Do you guys agree? Yep. Yes, sir. It, what closing comments? Flint face grab. I I don't know, man. You've kind of covered everything. We've covered it. Yeah, Colby. Well, I was just thinking about whenever I got the bear last year in Manitoba, how we couldn't measure his height because the barrel was on the side. Yep, and so. The thing we used was to, uh, it's like, will he fit in the barrel? No, he's a good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard it, an outfitter scale. told me that. As, as he said, one thing he used to tell his clients was, would that bear fit into a 55-gallon drum? I've yeah. used that analogy myself. Uh, while bear's been on the site, yeah. Yeah. Look, say, man, if I pop that top off that barrel, will that bear fit in there? Yeah. Yeah. And a and a bear over three hundred pounds is gonna you're gonna be like man if he fit he'd barely fit right I mean if if it's just like for sure yeah then it's probably under a three hundred pound bear but uh, no every part of the country is different everybody has different standards and and again the hunt is all about the experience and the adventure and the goals that you've set for yourself so but these hey guys these principles will help somebody judge a bear and uh, hey awesome. This, is, this has been, I think, a lot of information inside of this podcast. And uh, thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. For coming up, man. Yeah, no Colby, you, you were here. You'll be here when this podcast is over. So you didn't really have to go anywhere. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for being here, Colby. Yeah. All right. Keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com 
It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.